gospel reading for this morning comes from Matthew's gospel, beginning in the second chapter at the first verse. Matthew wrote these things. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. And pretending to be as devout as they were, he got, got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star had appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. And overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Eternal God, by the birth of Jesus, you gave yourself to the world. Grant that being born in our hearts, he may save us from our sins and restore within us the image and likeness of our Creator, to whom be everlasting praise and glory, world without end. Open our ears, our minds, our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. It was late at night, and Heidi, who was expecting her second child, was home alone with her three-year-old daughter, Caitlin. Heidi started to go into labor and called 911. Due to a power outage at the time, only one paramedic was able to respond to the call. And the house was very, very dark, so the paramedic asked Caitlin to hold a flashlight high over her mommy so he could see while he helped her to deliver the baby. And very diligently, Caitlin did as she was asked, and Heidi pushed and pushed. And after a little while, Connor was born. And the paramedic lifted him by the feet and spanked him on his bottom, and Connor began to cry. 
and the paramedic then thanked Caitlin for the help and asked the wide-eyed three-year-old what she thought about what she had just witnessed. And Caitlin quickly responded, he shouldn't have crawled in there in the first place. Spank him again. <laughs> As we continue with our Christmas celebrations in this, the first week of our new year, I want to remind us once again that we still celebrate this notion of birth, that God would come to us in the person of Jesus the Christ, born into a world that didn't quite understand and maybe wasn't quite ready to receive him, but born to us just the same. God reached down and became one of us, the least among us, really, a tiny, poor, helpless infant. We did nothing to bring him here. He came without our invitation, without preparation, without our decision, without our welcome, really. All of this God accomplished without consulting us, imagine, without our help or advice. This is God's doing, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in so doing, God dignifies our flesh by wearing it as God's own. In the movie, Oh God, there's a scene where George Burns, who plays God, appears to this supermarket assistant manager wearing tennis shoes, glasses, and a fishing hat. And asked why he looks that way, Burns answers, well, I picked a look that you could understand. That is what happens with this birth. God picked a look that we could understand. Jesus lived as a human among humans. His hands became calloused by work. His skin tanned from years of living in the sun. He hung around other humans and he ministered to them. He grew tired and hungry and thirsty. He was tempted. God picked a look that we could understand. The word became flesh. God spoke a language that we could understand. And in so doing, God made God known to us. But God also came to know who we are in a most intimate way. I think we often get caught up in the notion that God would come to earth, that we might know a piece of God, and I think that's a powerful truth. But could it also be that God needed to crawl into our own skin? Could God want to know what it was to live as a human? It is one thing to create something. It is quite another step to become an intimate part of that which we have created. In the movie, What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams dies in a tragic car accident. And when he finds himself in heaven, it is a version of a painting that he has long admired. And he walks and splashes in the paint from the painting. And I love that scene because it reminds me of how God so intimately entered God's own creation. 
God splashed around in the paint in the life of Jesus and really learned, I believe, what it is to be human. It is a totally selfless act of love. God so desired us to know God and God to know us that the only way that total act of knowing could happen was to completely immerse God in humanity. Jesus had to be born into the world in the same way that we are, had to die and leave it in the same manner that we do. It is through this complete identification that we can now know new life. Life no longer bound by the constructs of our own limited experience, but life now shared with a God who knows no boundaries, not even the one of human existence. And such a wonderful truth was beaconed by a bright star. And some wise people saw that star, understood its message, and left their comfortable lives to follow that star. And 2,000 some now years later, that star still beckons, and following it can still be risky business. It still means leaving comfortable places and going out into the unknown and sometimes scary territory. Following means living not on our own terms, but living by God's rules. It's a life where we can't easily see what's around the next corner, and where we often end up in a place altogether different than what we had anticipated. Theologian Dorothy Soule says that sin is when life freezes, and that is the kind of sin that tempts most of us. We let our lives freeze into comfortable patterns, cozy routines, and we stop taking risks. We stop reaching out to other people afraid that we might get hurt. We cling to the past because we are afraid of the future. We learn to trust in the ways of the world and not in the ways of God. Sin is indeed when life freezes and the frozen self-centered life is the exact opposite of following the star. So in this gift of life, new life, God planted seeds really and then allowed the fruit to come in its own season. But the seeds that were planted this time, you see, they were different. They were not more violence in a violent world, but rather a potential for peace. candle of hope for change, not more of the same old thing. Jesus lived out a whole life bearing fruits of a commitment to change. And the wise people saw a star shining and pursued hope and love and peace. And once found, they had to had to return home by another way. So aren't you really glad 
that God crawled up in there in the first place. Amen.